good more or afternoon, I guess. It's, it's after 12. So, good afternoon, and welcome to Beware of Spoilers. I am Adam. I am on my way to Wendy's before I go to see Violent Night. Because um, I wanted to see if I could hit 70 movies by the end of the year. I'm doing pretty good. Because I saw, I watched Roderick Rules last night. There's only a few movies left between now and the end of the year. Um, but I think my top ten is kind of locked. So I did some deliberation about whether or not she said should make the top ten. And upon deliberation, I, I don't... I, I think it, you know... It's not bad. I think it just doesn't quite make the top ten. Um, we have quite a few, you know, movies that are just, just on the cusp but don't make it, but you gotta have a line somewhere. Um, but we'll, we'll talk about that at the end of the year. Um, but there are a few movies that are still coming out that still have the potential to be in the top ten. Um, like, I think that White Noise has the potential to make the list. I think Bardo has the potential. I think Women Talking has the potential. And I don't want to write off Avatar 2 completely as having the potential to make the top ten. Um, because I think there's a, there's a very real scenario in which it does. Um, so, you know, all of these things are still kind of in flux right now. So, we'll see as, as we get closer to the end of the year what moves. But I think the top five is kind of set. And then everything else is kind of scrounging for the last five places. Um, I, I'm also going to watch Senior uh, tonight. So, Senior will also be, you know, weighing into this list. Uh, this most recent thing that I watched that we're going to talk about today, as the title would suggest, um, it's not that it's bad. It's not that it, you know, there's anything wrong with it specifically that makes it where it's not going to make, you know, it's not, it's not good. It's just, when you look at what the last thing on the list is, I'm like, did I enjoy that last thing more than this? And that's really what I'm going based on. Which one did I enjoy more? And then, whichever one it stops beneath, that's where it goes. Um, I think that's why she said doesn't make it. Because she said just a little bit not as great as, as this other one. I keep going back and forth on it. We'll see. It might make the list. But if it does, it'll be toward the very bottom of the list. Honorable mention. Um... I'm still deliberating on series of the year because I don't think we have any more series coming out. Um, so I think that I can, I can, I can make a, I can render a decision. Um, but it's tied between two, and it's, it, 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 it can go either way. I, I two hours of TV are what set set up this contest. Literally, it's it's, it's an hour in each for each of them. That's like this is some of the best television I've ever seen. But, yeah, it's just kind of in flux. Um, game of the year. I think we have a, a solid thing. And I was thinking about this, too. I think it had Scarlet and Violet been better technically, had uh, had less technical glitches and, and all of that, I think Scarlet and Violet would be very strong candidates for game of the year. Um, they they would have been, you know, they, they, they would have... Far and away, um, only because I didn't really jive with Elden Ring 
only, I'm not really a big Souls, Souls-like fan to begin with, like, this, this whole parrying and all of that bullshit, um, but also, like, I didn't enjoy, um, what's it called, like, I didn't play, not, I don't want to say I didn't enjoy, I didn't play Ragnarok, I didn't play, you know, a bunch of other games, so it's gonna be based on my very limited selection of games, um, maybe we'll do most innovative game instead of game of the year, like, game that changed, because I feel like that's a better way to do it than, than game of the year, the innovator award, um, considering how limited our, our, our scope is and what we can and can't do, and there are a few games that could be seriously considered for that category this year, um, but I digress. Die Over Wimby Kid Roderick Rules, um, this is the second animated, uh, Die Over Wimby Kid movie that Disney Plus has done since, uh, since taking over Fox, um, following the animation style that is reminiscent of the style used in the books themselves, um, and it's, it's a very faithful adaptation, but that's what tends to happen when you have a writer of the book who went in to write the screenplay, who knows when to cut the bullshit from the thing, and also to, to rework it, because this is the thing. I'm watching this movie, and I'm like, I don't remember Roger Rules happening like this, because I read this book back in 07. I was, like, in seventh grade at the time, and then and, and I read it, and I remember being like, you know, huh. Like, I, I remember it being Roderick more oppressive, and, and then when I when I consulted the Wikipedia, because I wasn't going to dig out my copy, where the fuck that is at this point. I think it's my brother's copy, technically, but I wasn't going to go dig it out and be like, well, where did this diverge when you read this and see what happens and, and all of that? And when I consulted the Wikipedia about it, it, I was right. It's just Roderick was way more oppressive. It was less a partnership between Greg and Roderick and more a, you know... And more Roderick being an absolute turbo douche the entire way through the through the book, and I think that again we're getting into this unreliable narrator situation where we can't portray Roderick as the turbo douche the way he is in the book when we are visibly seeing what's actually happening. In the first one, you can kind of do that, um, because there's more leeway to it, but here, if you, if you portray Roderick the way he is in the book, and that doesn't jive with reality, that, that's gonna make the viewer realize, oh, we can't trust Greg, um, because Greg is not gonna give us real information, Greg is gonna give us his version of information. Which is how every story is, but Greg being a, a, a giant narcissist, his is always going to make him look the best and everyone else look the worst. Um, so, like, things like him going, like, and the thing is, too, is that they sanitized, like, you know, what the, um, what's it called, what the, uh, the thing that made all of the, uh, all of the people in school, like, love him with the, the miscommunication about the blackmail, and, and I think Roderick blackmailing Greg versus Greg blackmailing Roderick, I, I feel like Greg blackmailing Roderick is more in line with what we've seen from Greg than Greg getting the short end of the stick again and, and just being stuck, you know, beholden to what Roderick wants. 
Um, I feel like that works a little bit better in the context of this movie in regards to comparing that to the book. Um, I, I like the idea of trying to make them, make the relationship a little bit stronger. I just feel like it is, and, and it's kind of the, the, uh, what's it called? The, the, uh. It's an interesting approach. I just don't know how well it jives with the rest of the series. I think the last time I remember reading Dog Days or The Last Straw. The Last Straw is the third one. I think like I went further than three or four, but I don't. I can't say definitively. If I read the plots, I'll probably be able to figure out where how far I actually went with these. Um, but based on titles, I, I want to say it was Dog Days. Whichever one Dog Days was, I feel like that, that's a good way to... to to put where, where we round up on this. Um, and I think that the, the, um, the, like, you know, the way it happens here, I think is also, you know, again, Greg, we're getting this narration from Greg as his diary. And I think that this could be a more, you know, like it's more of a mid ground where Greg is willing to, to take the, you know, the, I blackmailed him. But the, the not a hint of remorse or shame or guilt or anything like that is kind of troubling. Um, and then, like, the 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 Greg... Um, what's it called? Like, him doing that and then immediately playing the victim when Roderick, pull, like, turns the table on him is, is kind of laughable. And it's, like, it's one of those things where it's, like, you know... It, it, it does, like, this feels like the midway point to the truth, whereas the version in the book feels like the, you know, the, the Greg 100% story, like, Greg is telling you exactly what he wants to hear, and what he thinks will make him look the best. And there's a big difference, I think, between the two. Um, I enjoyed it, though. I enjoyed it. I, um, Ed Asner's in it. He plays the grandfather. He's pretty entertaining in the little bits. Um, and it's, like, the, the amount of things in this that are, like, little... Like, there was a, one little callback that I was like, oh, I wish they had put this in that was in the book. Like, there's the uh, the, the history lesson, the, the history assignment that ended up getting cut instead of the... And they put in the, uh, the Duplant sneeze thing from the end of the book, and I, I would have rather they kept the history lesson in. Um, and I, I think that the biggest issue that I have with this is the third act feels tacked on. And I think that it probably is a similar thing in the book, but again, haven't read the book in, in 15 years, um, or whenever the book came out. Um, but w when you look at, you know, when you, when you look at the, um, everything that goes into, like, you know, the story, the, when you get to the end and you have the talent show being the talent show that it is, it feels kind of weird comparatively. It feels strange that that talent show is going to be the, you know, is going to be the climax of the story because, like, it, it doesn't feel organic to the story they're telling, and it feels kind of tacked on, where it's like they both get grounded because they were both wrong. And in this case, the story works better because in the, in the original, where Greg was locked in the basement during the party and then um, and then blackmailed by Roderick into doing stuff for him, 
it's 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 harder to be like, well, they both got grounded, so that's here that's good. Here, them both getting grounded does resonate a little bit more. And I think too, the idea of the record contract being eliminated from this does take away a little bit from the third act because it takes away some of the stakes. Whereas, like in this, it's just Roderick wants to play with his friends and, and all of that. And it's it's weird because it's like the the difference between Roderick and and Greg participating in the talent show is kind of weird here. Um, although I think that it, it's a weird situation all around the third act of this because it's like they in the you know in the book they want to record it to send to record labels um, and and get. A record contract. I don't recall that being articulated in the movie. Um, and the issue becomes when you look at what this, you know, when you get to the end, it's like, I, I don't think the mom would have grounded in that situation. I feel like that's out of character for her. Um, but also for her to be like, okay, Greg, you have to participate in the talent show because you don't want to and because you already had the commitment to Rowley. And then for, for, um, what's it called? For, uh, for her to say to, to Roderick, okay, you can't participate even though you made the commitment and you're going to leave them short so none of them can do it. Like, that's very different. Like, it feels very weird um, that that decision was made um, at the end. And then for, for Greg to flip like that, it, 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 it kind of tracks... Um, but at the same time, it kind of like, you know, it, it doesn't quite land the way it could. Um, but we'll wrap up there for today. Later today, we'll have another episode about, um, what's it called? About, uh, Violent Night, the, um, the latest of the, um, I don't know, movie? Why did I say latest? It's, it's uh, David Harbour playing Santa Claus as, as John McClane. There's nothing else kind of like it. Um, but give me like three hours and we'll have that episode. But until then, have a great rest of your week.